What a night, Venus. Crew, howl with me so that we might set the seven seas ablaze with fear. Let's do it. Bam. 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 Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. Woo, woo. And finally, some good news on the ongoing drug trafficking crisis along the Mexican border. Today, in testimony before the House Committee on the Judiciary, the DEA revealed it has achieved remarkable success with its latest initiative, sending rapper Lil Wayne to Mexico to use up all the drugs. Immediately upon deployment, Lil Wayne locates all the narcotics in the area and depletes the supply within hours. Operation Wheezy F Baby has been an unparalleled success. Lil Wayne has already gotten 40 tons of marijuana, 27,000 kilos of cocaine, and 2,000 kilos of heroin off the streets and into his body. Mexican officials say they expect Lil Wayne to completely wipe out the nation's drug problem by the end of next month. He is the weapon drug enforcement agencies have been searching for, a living vacuum cleaner of drugs. I personally watched him snort a pile of cocaine as tall as a man. This operation is expected to cost over $2 billion for pipes, lighters, rolling papers, and replacement diamonds for Lil Wayne's teeth. DEA officials said video field reports from Lil Wayne show he is continuing to take in huge amounts of drugs on an hourly basis. And then take off my motherfucking finger ring. And my Bentley, my Breitling, like, like, Bright Bauer, I say, Lil Wayne's drug-stopping capabilities are, in his own words, rare, like Mr. Clean with hair. Mexican officials have already commissioned a mural in Mexico City as a gesture of thanks to Lil Wayne and all he has done for the nation. This is the most widespread government use of a celebrity since the 2004 Republican National Convention when Christina Aguilera was shot into crowds of protesters to disperse them. Coming up next, the White House has announced the president is in the mood for a parade. Abs in a six-pack! Abs in a six-pack! Abs in a six-pack is not the greatest podcast in the world. I know, Abs in a six-pack is a bad show, but what else do you have going on? It's Abs in a Six Pack, episode 229. I'm here live with Carolyn Blaney for the best of the L's, and this is a new live son of a bitch. This is a new live son of a bitch. Get ready, get set, let's learn about the alphabet. 26 letters, that's it. Let's learn about the alphabet. Let's learn about the letter L. L is a letter. L is a letter. L is a letter. L is a letter in the alphabet. Letter L is a consonant and it has a sound. Letter L is a consonant and it has a sound. I say the L sound ooh, 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 ooh. Now you say the L sound ooh, 
beginning of these words listen for the l sound Ooh. labia <laughs> i i don't I, I know i use this guy from youtube this kids youtube channel yes every yes. time i think every almost, time not every at least 90 percent of the time i think but, so and i'm yeah. always shocked by how he pronounces a letter but the <laughs> l pronunciation i think takes the cake so far Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I I can't believe he used a, a L as in labia. That's uh, yeah. Well, that that was me. I, I did that. oh, that was you. Yeah, oh, okay. Just like when he when okay. we did best of C's, he didn't actually say. But the beginning of these words, <laughs> listen for the C sound, cunt. Like he didn't do that. That was I, oh, you didn't do that. So, uh, we okay. call that Hollywood magic in my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is Hollywood magic. That's true. <laughs> Show business. It's, it's been too long, Carolyn. How have you been? Oh, I've been I've been well. I've been I've been doing well. How how about you? How, Hanging how in there been? like a hair in a biscuit, as the phrase goes. I am oh. chugging along. That's all I can say. Excellent. I'm still been- alive. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about all these L's that we have. Me too. Yeah, the best of the L's. Yeah, um, or it, sometimes they're the worst, but we call it the best. But sometimes it's the worst, at least on my end. But you know, yeah. Well, yeah, we is labia we good want or to. Bad? S- I don't know. I, can, I guess it's labia? like a neutral. It's a neutral body. It's like part, a like neutral. A it's like a nutsack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like testicles, which is a you know when we do best of the T's. Yeah. Of course, yeah. we'll talk about testicles. Big um, time, big time, big time testicles. Uh, but we're we're talking about the L's. We got a lot of L's. Um, did, what what kind of L? Uh, you know, uh, do you want me to start, or do you want? Do you have something? Uh, I, you know what, you go ahead and take the reins here because I held okay. you up. I was, I was late. I was, I was just doing not OBDM with Joe and Cretched, and it went a little long, and then I had to get that intro ready, and I am late. So let's focus on your. Let's do a couple of years first. Oh, okay, all right. Um, I, uh, I think we should we should start strong. How about that? Um, I I felt this was would probably be a great one. Um, well, let's do lasso. Oh, got- I brought. I also have a lasso <laughs> clip, but I bet you. You do. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay, <laughs> this this one is. Uh, this was. Uh, sorry. sorry, this one's uh, Tim Dillon. <laughs> oh, Timmy D. Uh, Old by Timmy the way, D. I hope he comes on Scuffed Realtor every month. That was great. Oh, I know he's the- he is too good. He's the man. The thing that they're using that um, what is it? It's a what is it? What are they doing there with that? It's a whip, isn't it? But is it? Isn't it? Doesn't it serve another purpose as well? I heard this is what they're saying. Right. Now get some of these photos up because it doesn't look great. I think they're <laughs> lassoing the migrant. I don't think they're whipping them. They're doing a lasso, which is not easy. <laughs> that is a difficult thing to do. They're on horseback. Now, remember... The migrants are not just waiting to be lassoed. They're running. They're running around, and you are on horseback with the lasso, and it's got to be big because, m- much like a cartoon, you are lassoing lots of people. It's not just one person. Occasionally, you lasso one person. You or there's maybe a little baby goes. You little lasso, get him. <laughs> You know, get a little toddler runs away from the group. You go, boom, and that's easier. But if you're going to do a big 
lasso, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, um, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's difficult. And this is their culture. What is this? The Rio Grande? The people coming out of the Rio Grande? Uh, yes. These are, and these are, they were using the reins. The reins of the horse. Yes, as they were, they were loosening them out and then, I guess. And then whipping the migrant. That's what it looked like, yeah. But they're saying that they weren't whipping the migrant. But listen, (laughs) how else, and I'm not saying that we should whip people, but there's got to be some enforcement of the border. (laughs) Uh, man. Have you ever ever whipped anybody or lassoed anybody? Oh, uh, no, no. So I was, I thought when I, one of, I I wouldn't say it was in the first five, but definitely in the first 10 L words I thought of was lasso. So I looked up lasso and most of the results were Ted Lasso, the uh, Apple series with Jason Sudeikis. Oh, of course. And I was, I, I didn't like that, but. No. I did find a video on the art of roping, aka lassoing, and uh, this oh, is cool. just some. This is just some like old uh, farmhand style Texas man cowboy, and he's he's gonna tell you all about it. He's got a, a slow mo on a horse throwing the rope around. Oh yeah, I'm right there. The thing about lassoing, to be fair to the blacks, is it is the step right before a lynching. It goes from lassoing to lynching. So I like, and we don't need that at the southern border either. Sorry, Tim. When I was a kid, instead of carrying an iPhone or video game, (laughs) I carried a rope everywhere I went. Instead of carrying a video game, a dog came by, or my little sister or brother, you know, they'd get roped. They get roped. The way that we rope today really hasn't changed from the times that the vaqueros came up from from Mexico. It's a tool that's used for taking care of cattle out on the range without having to bring them all the way into a set of pens somewhere in the dock room or, or to brand them. And that's uh it's called the art of lassoing, but he really just talks about. It. I love as I knew it was a winner is when at the first start of the the first thing he says is when I was a kid I didn't carry around an iPhone I didn't carry around a video game I carried around a rope. <laughs> Who carries around a video? I guess a Game Boy or some shit PSP. But no. yeah, carrying around a video game was an idea. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, yeah, what he's I always thought like after that he was like with the rope. You know, when I'm not when I'm not lynching, I'm um lassoing. Yeah. <laughs> and when I'm not lassoing, I'm lynching. <laughs> oh, jeez. Christopher Battles is in the on the spook.social and he quote tweeted oh, yeah. our, our that we went live and he said Carolyn needs to get on mk.spook.social. What do you what, what do you have to say to that? You got called out by Christopher Battles. I did get called out. I did. Called I, I'm, out. I'm just uh I'm just chilling. Just chilling. I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm just a, chilling I'm in IRC's. Cedar Rapids, my friend. In Cedar Rapids. Yeah. I'm I'm chilling. I've I've got I'm on IRC right now. Is Christopher Battles on IRC? I've seen him on IRC. I've re- I think I might I don't know, it's rare. Like Mr. Clean with hair yeah. that he's ever on there. I uh I think he's cuz he doesn't usually listen to things live. He's more of a 
he he listens while he does runs. He's a he's a record listening to to it on the recorded version. He's Tracks. running um, with well, his legs. Why don't you hit me with your next L? Oh yeah, so we got some L's here. Um, I uh, I found out something interesting about a lake in Death Valley. Oh shit! Which doesn't seem like a place. Which doesn't seem like a place you'd have a lake in. No, but, because yeah, maybe a lake yeah. of blood. Yeah, one of the hottest exactly. and driest places in the country has an unexpected visiting attraction right now. The Badwater Basin in Death Valley National Park is usually a dry salt flat bottom. Take a look here. But it has actually received enough water to form an unexpected lake. It began in August when heavy rain from Hurricane Hillary saturated the area and temporary lake formed months later. Those satellite images you saw from NASA show the lake is still there. It was replenished by the string of powerful storms that have hit California of late. In the past six months, Death Valley has received nearly five inches of rain, more than double that amount that usually falls over 12 months. I, I just read an article that says you can now go kayaking in Death Valley. Which is just bizarre to I think, think about, it isn't really, it? Really so really we actually strange. have yeah. a Death Valley aficionado. You might not have known that. Mm-mm. Dirk Verdorn absolutely loves Death Valley. I bet you. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> what was the hand rubbing in that clip? Did you hear that? Yeah, I did hear that. I, gotta hear I that. did. We actually have yeah. a Death Valley aficionado. You might not have known that. Mm-mm. Dirk Verdorn absolutely loves Death Valley. <laughs> I bet you'd love to see it like this. It, he it, just, it would be fun. And that's one of the things when you go visit Death Valley. He's, he's chomping at the bit. <laughs> he like, is oh. chomping at the bit. Because yeah. he because he just he's never been. This was his first time being pointed out on that newscast that he's an expert at something. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. You you tell me. I'm I'm an expert. I'll tell you about first, everything about I know about Death Valley. At first, I thought they were saying Death Valley, but then I realized uh-huh. I wasn't hearing them right. But who? But you'd love to see it like this. It, it, it would be fun, and that's one of the things when you go visit Death Valley. You can see because it's so dry. There's hardly any vegetation there, and you can see how the water has shaped the valley. And you always wonder, at least I do. <clears throat> it'd be just amazing to see when you get these storms that come through, and you do get the rain to just see how that flows and uh, just cuts into the uh, the soil and the rock, and it's just amazing. But what we're what we're talking about is Badwater Basin. Badwater Basin sits at about 282 feet below sea level. And so when it does rain, of course, water rolls downhill. So you think, okay, well, all that water's got to run down to the lowest spot, which is the lowest spot in North America, Badwater Basin. But the problem is, is there's typically not any water down there because it's so dry, it's so hot, it evaporates so quickly. But because of the recent rains that we've had, there is a lake there currently, and they've unofficially named it Manly Lake. And it's about six miles long, three miles wide right now, and about a foot deep. There's actually people, as you mentioned, that kayak there. And the reason for this is because typically during the rain season, they only receive about two inches of rain. Well, over the past six months, it's been almost five inches of rain, so about two and a half times what they typically see in a whole season, and that's why that water has accumulated in Batterwater Basin. Of course, it's not going to last forever. In fact, more than likely, it's going to be completely gone by April. But if you want to go there before then and enjoy this and just see something that's a little unusual, doesn't happen very often, Go see the lake there in Death Valley. So that's what's going on in Death Valley. Now back over to you. Nice pitch, Dirk. Thank you. Nice pitch. Did you call him Dirk? Yeah. Nice pitch, Dirk. Yeah, nice pitch, Dirk. Dirk. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Valley. So that's what's going on in Death Valley. Now back over to you. Nice pitch, Dirk. Thank you. Dirk. Uh, 
Dirk. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a serious name. No, no. He he made up that name for the for this newscast. Yeah. It's a made up name. Yeah. Um Chucks, you want to hit one more and then I'll move over to mine? Sure. Um wanna I I think uh what do we talk uh, what do we talk about? Love. Love. All right. What is your pitch for you to finally win AOC's love? Let me just tell you something, Alex. You and I spent a magical moment on those steps of the Capitol, the same place that was insurrected by a bunch of hillbillies and white supremacists. But when you and I were there... Wait, he called AOC Alex? (laughs) Yes, yes. So it's Alex and Alex. Okay, Alex and Alex. Insurrected by a bunch of hillbillies and white supremacists. But when you and I were there... The sparks were way more intense than any MAGA, QAnon, alcoholic could ever bring to those capital steps. And really and truly, if you would unblock me on Twitter, I think that, <laughs> that would honestly open the door to a long relationship between you and I. I'm serious. And our relationship wouldn't be the only long thing. I'm talking about my woman. <laughs> yeah, okay, thank you. Seriously. So if you want a six foot three, dark, tall, portly fellow... With four and a half inches of hard steel, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania steel. Call me AOC. Because I miss that ass. Well, Alex. Yes? Let's show AOC your pussy. What? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I thought you AI arted my vagina. I thought you put a vagina on me through AI art. He has some kittens. This is my cat. Uh, This is one of our kittens. He doesn't have a name yet. Uh, I'm thinking about naming him Cornelius if he's a guy. I also I I I did a little surprise for you, Alex. Okay. I decided surprises to go to Africa and get you some help. Yeah, I I do like Africa. I do like Africa. So uh, when when you go, can you bring up SOT two? And I think you're going to really appreciate what I do. What is this? What is this? I don't like this. Hello, this video is for AOC. Please, dead my friend Alex Stein. I promise, it's a change man. And he will not call you Big Booty Latina. Now, he's a strong believer in DI, which is why he hired me, a handsome black man, to make this video. Alex also created a charity that helps drag queen perform discount gender reassignment surgeries on children. Please, let Alex take you to a romantic date to Olive Garden, where he definitely will make crude jokes with the breasts. Alex, love you! Jimmy, you're hired at a professional media company to make yep. redacted videos like that, huh? Re- redacted? I don't want to say retarded and get a strike. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are those uh, uh, Alex Stein 99 pimp on a blimp? Prime time. Pop, prime time. Oh, uh, man. Do you Check think out. Alex Stein's going to get that date with uh, AOC? I don't know. I'm going to tell you who I'm going on a date with. I love you, Chris. Oh, <laughs> AJ. No, um, no, I'd love to have Alex Stein back on. He just outgrew me. He's too big for my britches, my little britches. Come oh. back on my show and talk about 9-11 again, Alex. It was great. You actually had him on? Twice. I didn't know that. Yeah, twice. Whoa, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's now me and Charlie Robinson and him did like a three-hour show on, on 9-11. And then before oh, the- wow. And then, like, I think the one before that, I was hammered, and me and Alex Stein, the first time I had him on, mm-hmm. we got into an argument about whether or not Tim Dillon was a CIA op or something. I can't remember. <laughs> <I've>... <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> I love how all these shows are co- are, are connecting together. And uh, Alex Stein yeah. was in was in Fish Tank like twice now. Oh, That's pretty Fish great. Tank, yes. Fish Tank. Um, oh, too bad. Too bad we forgot about that one for Best of F. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jimmy. A week from tonight, Jim. Actually, uh, it'll be in the afternoon. Jimmy, Fish Tank, Jimmy oh. will be on. So Fish get your voice mails in now, people, for Jimmy. Yeah, for Jimmy. Eight six five four six five six two seven one. Leave some voicemails for Jimmy. Uh, okay, I got an L, and uh, hit me with that L. Yeah, it's an invention. Okay. <laughs> All right, what do we got next? We got anything planned or? What do you think people did before ladders? (laughs) Was it just like, well, I can't fix that shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they just well, stood on a couple of rocks and then they fixed they, they, they had, You got to keep finding rocks. They did a couple of rocks. Or you have to hold people up. Like, man, I got to. Yeah. So you're just like, f*** this. That's just, just going to be, bro- be broken. Yeah. If only there was an invention. If only there was an invention that would allow me to get up to that place safely. No, it's not. Until <laughs> one day Thomas Ladder came along. Thomas Ladder said. And, and he's like, I got an idea. I got an idea for y'all f- niggas <laughs> hey y'all f- niggas been standing on rocks the whole time i got this look at this look at thomas ladder <laughs> sounds like little boosie thomas yeah. ladder thomas ladder what is all this stuff i found out about a ladder i didn't know about oh yeah and i'm not gonna wait till i'm gonna, I'm gonna tell it to you now instead of waiting until ladder to tell you about it <laughs> so let's just cut right to the chase there's this ladder in jerusalem and no matter what you'll never be allowed to move it and nobody else probably will either uh, okay so there's a ladder in jerusalem and you okay. specifically will never be allowed to move it and probably nobody else will either you understand is it because it's jacob's ladder <laughs> uh it's I'll, I'll continue i mean you could move it <laughs> oh wait oh wait you could move it oh i could move it so, so he's backtracking here. I mean, you yeah. could move it. Nothing physically is preventing you from doing it the next time you're in Jerusalem. But legally, you can't. And if you did, you might start a riot or a war. Jew, Why is Jew, that Jew, the case? Jew, Jew. Because of history, human nature, and religion. You see, the ladder rests on a ledge just under this window above the entrance to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in the old city of Jerusalem. The church building itself is ancient, dating back to the 4th century AD, and it claims to house the two holiest sites in Christianity. Both the location of Jesus' crucifixion and the tomb where he is said to have been buried and resurrected. Because of these claims, the Church of the Holy Sepulchre is revered by numerous Christian denominations that have all placed a claim to property ownership of the building. Control of the church today is shared by six of these denominations in a fiendishly complicated and confusing agreement that's been in place now for at least 160 years. They include the Greek Orthodox, Armenian Apostolic, Roman Catholic, Coptic Orthodox, Syriac Orthodox, and Ethiopian 
Orthodox churches, and their agreement to share the church goes back to 1757. Back then, Jerusalem was controlled by the Ottomans, and the Sultan at the time issued a decree that permanently preserved the ownership of the city's holy sites to their then-current owners. Since the Holy Sepulchre was owned by many groups, an understanding was established between them that absolutely nothing in the church could be changed from the way it was when the agreement was signed without the approval of all six religious orders. All right, so if that wasn't boring enough for you, I got more on the ladder. Now look at this. This, I mean, uh, if you if you look it up, this ladder is on this window, mm-hmm. and it's this old shitty looking ladder. And they're like, nobody's allowed to move this thing. But it turns out, like, people have been moving this thing. Absolutely nothing in the church could be changed from the way it was when the agreement was signed without the approval of all six religious orders. This agreement is largely still in force today and has led to things like everybody neglecting badly needed repairs or renovations to the church building because the six orders can't agree on what the outcome would look like, but it's also led to things like the ladder, which was already there on that ledge when the agreement was made and nobody can move anything without everybody's approval first. The agreement is taken so literally by the owners of the church that moving a piece of furniture like the ladder can spark a fight between them, like it did just in 2002. A Coptic monk was sitting on a chair on the roof of the building protesting. Every time he says like the ladder, I think he's saying the last, the second of the two things he talked about, you know? Like the ladder. Like the ladder. Messes messes with your mind. Optic monk was sitting on a chair on the roof of the building protesting the Ethiopian monks taking over the rooftop monastery. The Coptic monk moved the chair he was sitting in just slightly to be more in the shade, but since the chair was considered to be jointly owned by all six religious orders, and since he had moved it without approval from the other five, it was quickly considered a violation of that 1757 agreement and started an all-out fist fight between them, where a dozen monks became injured. A similar violent event happened happened again in 2008 when the Armenian monks were holding a ceremony and wouldn't allow a Greek monk to participate with them. The Greeks protested by blocking the ceremony, which sparked this huge fight that you're now seeing on screen. The Israeli riot police had to be called inside the church to break up the fight, and two monks got themselves arrested. There's plenty of other times that violence has erupted over seemingly minor disagreements here, which is part of why nobody is allowed to move the ladder. Nobody (laughs) really even knows how exactly the ladder got there or when but most people assume that a mason was doing repairs around 300 years ago and, you know, just kind of left it there. I wonder if the mason was doing those prepares, repairs for free. The ladder is shown oh, in an yeah. engraving of the church back from 1728. It was mentioned in the Ottoman Sultan's Edict in 1757, and it's present in this photograph from sometime in the 1850s. So it's been there a while. But the problem is that nobody knows to which of the six Christian denominations who share the church that person who left it there belonged to. Because it could have been any denomination, the ladder is considered by many to be owned by all six, and therefore requires the approval of all six to be moved, which <laughs> won't be happening. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, this and it's just this small ladder. It's this small hunky dinky dory ladder. It's not a cr- yeah. impressive ladder. I got no. uh I got one more minute on this. Because it could have been any denomination, the ladder is considered by many to be owned by all six, and therefore requires the approval of all six to be moved, which won't be happening anytime soon. Pope Paul VI in 1964 issued a pontifical order that the ladder was to permanently remain in place at the church. What is a pontifical order? Because when I think of pontificating, it's like, (laughs) let me think about this. I don't know. Hmm. What's a pontifical order? Maybe I should have looked that up. Oh, cool. Pontifical order. Order. I don't know if I spelt it right. 
Um, the orders, pontifical orders and titles of nobility. Oh, it's a, uh, it's like a, it's tied in with a Freemason, the orders of Christian knighthood and other marks of honor and distinction. Yeah. Like Knights of the round yeah. table type shit. When I heard, I, I, when I, I guess I just, when I heard pontifical, I thought of pontificate, but maybe those are two separate, separate things. Yeah. Sixth in 1964 issued a pontifical order that the latter was to permanently remain in place at the church until the Catholic and Orthodox churches reached a state of unity. That means that for now, the Catholics won't ever agree to moving it, which means that nobody can legally move it for just that reason. The latter has become a symbol to many of the divisions inside the Christian religion, and despite being referred to as the immovable ladder, it has actually been moved a couple of times. In 1981, a prankster tried to move it but was quickly stopped by the Israeli police. And in 1997, this guy just flat out stole the thing through the window and disappeared with it for a few weeks. So they show this, somebody's filming this and this guy from inside the window pulls the ladder into the building. It apparently goes missing for two weeks. And then uh, I guess he just gave it back. The latter's movement oh. sparked tensions between the religious communities inside, as would be expected, and apparently the prankster felt pretty bad about it and returned it back to its original place. The last time the latter was moved was in 2009, and it was just a temporary move to clean up the area around it. Like I said in the beginning, nothing is physically preventing you from moving the ladder the next time you're there, but you probably shouldn't unless you want to risk starting an incident or having a meeting with the police. Whoa, that's interesting. That's, that's your about, uh, today in ladder news, people. T- yeah, today in ladder news. I I was thought I I did, did think it was Jacob's ladder that you were going to bring up, but that this is new. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> I'll hit you with one more here, and then I'll toss the ball back to you. Would you like okay. to hear about hmm, liquor or? Lead poisoning, or leprosy, or <laughs> leprechauns, or uh, lady cops, <laughs> or Long John Silvers, or lobsters. Oh. Ooh, okay. Um, uh, lady cops. <laughs> okay, I'll have to give some uh, uh, auditory commentary for this because this is this is mostly a visual uh, gag here, but it's okay. Um, this is uh, Chile highlighted an all-female SWAT team, and they're doing like a police training exercise. It was televised on on TV, and it's like a competition. That each SWAT team is on their own team, and they're doing like a marathon essentially. So these lady cops are running. Mm-hmm. They're running. They got their guns and their pepper spray and their badges and everything. Five ladies teams involved. In now they're Louis coming up on a zip line over a trench of water. <laughs> oh. Belarus, Thailand, Chile. Two teams and the they didn't get enough momentum and they're oh. stuck on the zip line. Oh. Oh, oh no. Oh. She fell in the water. Uh-oh. The first one to get wet in the ice bath today. <laughs> this poor sports <laughs> and, commentator, uh, dude. Oh. Well... They are stuck in the middle of that zip line. It's a bunch of lady cops dangling, can't get across. Remember, if you fall no, in bad. the ice bath, you have to go back to the beginning <laughs> of the zip line and do it again. And currently, Chile have uh, three team members stranded 
<laughs> just dangling there. Like oh, that ice the bath. referees are trying to help them by pulling them across. Even thankfully, oh. the water will be a little bit warmer than now, it was. Now, some of the ladies have crawled up out of the water and vamos, kick, are, they're trying to kick. They're kicking the butts of the ladies in front of them to try to kick them across the zipline. But it's just pushing them further backwards to the and starting platform. It just platform. goes to show you how, uh, how important momentum is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. And they're falling oh, in the water. Oh, three team members in the drink. <laughs> oh, it's all going horribly wrong. This goes on. <laughs> this goes on for another six minutes where they keep getting Whoa. back on the zip line. And none of them can get through until they finally have like the workers there, like the uh, the refs or whoever, help them basically hold their hand and pull them across the rest of the way from the zipline. Oh! And then like one of the refs God. does the zipline. The first male to try it just gets across, no problem. Uh, so that's uh, there you go, lady cops. I could just keep playing cops. and giving you commentary, but it's six <laughs> more minutes of this. We're not. Gonna do it. It's just the further on it goes, oh, you're like eventually they're gonna get across, right? And they never yeah, do. Right. Oh no! Uh, they're just stuck there. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got for L- right. what, you, what L's do you got here? Um, I have uh, I got a couple songs. Um, you like? Uh, do you want to hear about a log or do you want to hear about library cards? Ooh, uh, I think a log, or maybe we'll take a log of how many library cards we have. All right. No, we'll do a log. Okay, let's do a log. Log. What rolls downstairs, alone or in pairs, rolls over your neighbor's dog. What's great for a snack and fits on your back, it's log, log, log. It's log, log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. What do I know this from? It's log, log. It's Um, better than that, it's good. It's a it's a a Ren and Stimpy. Okay, yeah, that's it. I was about to say yeah. it sounds so familiar. Everyone wants a log. You're gonna love it long. Come on and get your log. Everyone needs a log. Log, a log from Blamo. Yeah. Everybody loves log. That was good, Ren and Stimpy, man. Do you remember when Spike TV bought the rights to that and made it weird, like an adult? Oh, uh, no, I didn't get end up watching. It at that point, no. Yeah, they was, they made like remade Rin. I I don't recommend it. It's kind of no. It's like a they just made it cre- like creepy. Um, Ugh. I realized I have one more lady cop. Uh, okay. Thing. This is <laughs> okay. recent. The time just after two a.m. last Saturday morning. Deputies called to the report of a burglary at the second story apartment off Uvalde Road in Northeast Harris County. They're on high alert after seeing a broken front window. There's two lady. Okay, so there's two lady cops. Yeah, and a car alarm goes off outside. So they not towards the car. They draw weapons and just unload fifteen or their whole clips into this fucking person's apartment that they haven't even gone inside yet. They don't know if there could be a baby in there. They don't know. This is this is worse than when that guy the acorn hit the cop car and he just started shooting at the cop car. (laughs) Did you see that one? No, these freak. This is even worse. These lady cops, like they just hear something, and all of a sudden they just go boo, 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 and shoot into uh, this apartment. Fucking crazy. Officers uh, unloading more than two dozen rounds through the front of the apartment. One deputy reloading her gun and continuing to shoot. Reloads and keeps shooting. Go down, go down. 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 Go
Go down. A woman on the other side of the wall, identified as Ebony Pouncey, shot several times. Charles Cobb, we need people shot fired. Deputy shots fired. You're the one that fired the shots. Is supposed to be here. <laughs> shot fired. Shots fired. Shot fired. Okay. Yeah. Dude, I don't know. Oh, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think most people are qualified to be cops, but. I mean, women, there's things they can do that aren't shooting guns, like yeah, innocent the, people. Yeah. Uh, I watch um, live, on patrol live. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And there was a secure, a female security guard at a building and, and some department came because there was uh, um, like a nuisance happening at this building. And apparently this security guard had, had a gun and shot and she shot her gun at like to get people away. And I just thought like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, that's great. You're like, you know, you don't even call the cops. You could have killed someone. <laughs> like, Oh uh, yeah. She's like not trained. Like who gave her that gun? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Like why? Okay. But that's funny. Oh man. Uh, do you want to hit your other song? Yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, library card song. Oh, oops. There's okay. Is it library? It's library card song, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's the library. Oh yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. everything you need there's plenty to do or you can just sit and read books on baseball hockey and soccer it even how to make yourself a cool door knocker i could stay in this place for hours and hours i like books with pictures of lots of pretty flowers being crushed by a giant pterodactyl here's charlie and the chocolate factory and half magic pop a box box and socks and books on doing car tricks Confidentially, I'm reading Go, 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 Go. There's a given tree, a Jumanji, and where the wild things are. You're reading something real bad. And a book on why you should <laughs> not keep your brother in a jar. Let me out! <laughs> all the thoughts and dreams of people throughout history. And all you need is this little card to borrow them for free. Yeah! Shows the movies, the cool things never end. And don't forget the Dewey Decimal System is your friend. Who's Dewey? One, two, three, having fun. Who's Dewey? Thank you for watching. Make sure to go to your local library to get your own. Here, let yeah. me read this to you. Here, let me read this to you. Here, let me read this to you. Here, let me read this to you. <laughs> 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 You're reading something real bad. 
I was going to get the original Arthur uh, song, but it was just that was originally from low. Arthur. Yeah, that was originally from Arthur. This was this was done by a bunch of kids. Um, at their production. I I thought it was I thought it was fun, and they had better audio than what I could find from the cartoon. Arthur had a great intro. Yes. Great yes, intro did. song, classic, iconic, even I would say. Yes, I would should, say so. Should we hit your other uh, library card clip? Ye- yes, yes. This this lady um, going to the library and getting her library card. Her enthusiasm was just right there, and <laughs> I mean, I'm excited about going to the library right now, and you will be too. Well, I don't like Facebook. So as you saw, I just got home from the library, and it was so cool! I think we all remember what Arthur taught us about the library. That having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card, and I can now second that statement. Believe it or not, this was my first time at a library. I've walked through libraries before, but this is the first time I've ever had a library card, that I've ever signed books out, that I've ever browsed in a library so much fun. I loved it. And so right now, I'm going to be showing you guys what I picked up at the library. One thing that I think is a really interesting distinction from this and a normal haul is that in my... I'm sorry, how old is this person? Uh, She looked like she was probably uh, in college. She looked like she was in college. So she presumably around 20 years old then. Assuming, yeah, yeah. So she I would made say it she's 20 about, years without ever stepping foot in a library of any kind. Well, taking, well, browsing through, walking around, but not getting a library card. This was her first time getting a library card and uh, taking out books. Like, so this is a whole new thing for her. Um, and it, I, I want you to, to like, just listen to what, She's picture because she goes through what she's picked out at the library, and uh, I was surprised about what she started with. I mean, eventually she she got into other things that I expected a library, but um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it's a little it's a little uh, long, but I I wanted to get as much as I could from this because no, her enthusiasm calls. Those are books that I am spending my money on. I really try to choose carefully to make sure that I'm spending money on something that I'm going to really enjoy and something that I really want to keep. But since I didn't buy any of this, I picked up things that I usually wouldn't pick up, and I think that that is so great. That is probably (laughs) the biggest awesome thing that I have seen in the library. But let's get started. Now, the first thing I noticed about the library is that it's not all books. I picked up some DVDs. The first one is Emily, um, and this is a very critically acclaimed film that I have wanted to watch. She sounds like me when I was seven years old at the library, going, (laughs) you can get DVDs and VHS at the library. Yeah, I know. (laughs) For forever, but haven't watched for some reason, and I saw it there, and it was free, and so I got it. And the other film that I got was Breakfast at Tiffany's, starring Audrey Hepburn. Um, And this is one of those, like, mega-famous films. You see pictures of Audrey Hepburn from this movie everywhere. People always reference this movie, but I've never seen it. And so I got these two movies. Aha! 
You can also get CDs, and so my brother got some CDs. But if you want to find out what he got, link down below to the, a video that he has made showing off the CDs that he got and some other CDs that he's bought recently. So definitely check that out because he has really cool taste in music, and I think you'll want to watch. Now, one thing that I really wanted to get were audiobooks. The specific branch that I went to didn't have an incredible selection, but they had some interesting things. And so the first one I got was The Magicians by Lev Grossman, and I've heard amazing things about this, um, but I've also heard some negative things about this, so I'm excited. It has been sold as the adult Harry Potter so I don't know what that can even mean, but I'm I'm excited. Next, I got Room wait, by Emma. Wait, I don't know what that can even mean. <laughs> I don't know either. Adult uh, Harry I, Potter. Yeah, adult Harry Potter. It either like, means it's for adults, as in it's more graphic and has coarse language, or it means yeah. it's straight on porn. It can only mean those two things. That that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's um, that's true. He's going to show you his wand. <laughs> Donahue, um, which is Canadian. I love this also, by the way. I love that they show you which authors are Canadian because I got a couple of Canadian things and it makes me feel good about Canada. Um, but this is so I'm glad. Cool. When you open it, it's its own MP3 player that only plays this book. I did not know that this little type of device was a thing, and I think this is so cool. Alright, so let's move on to some actual books. And the first one is a manga. So I got Kamisama Kiss. She got um, a manga from the library. I don't, I don't even know, but I'm excited. Um, I also got some graphic novels, though, because... What's a manga? Like the fruit? Uh, like, um, uh, Japanese, uh, it's a Japanese book. fruit. It's a Japanese fruit. <laughs> we have the mango, she got they it have from the, manga. the library. <laughs> manga, yes. <laughs> I want to try reading graphic novels, and so I got Eyewitness by Nora Miklintock and Mike Diaz. Um, I have read some of Nora Miklintock's young adult novels, and I really, really, really like them. Break and Enter by her is one of my favorite books, and when I saw a graphic novel by her, all black and white, it looked cool, so why not? And then also, this one is like, I don't know, um, but it is Revival by Tim Seeley and Mike Norton. So again, it's like more comic book style, but it looks so cool. So graphic novels. Graphic novels are things that I don't buy because I don't know what I like. And so this library experience is giving me the opportunity to just try things out for free. Finally, though, let's talk about novels. Because I got a few. <laughs> One novel that I'm really happy that I saw was Child 44 by Tom Rob Smith. And my dad, for my birthday, I think, gave me the second book in this series. I want to know what happened in the first book. So here it is. The rest of my book are from the young adult section and the first one I saw and I've never heard of it in my life don't know if it's great or if it's bad but here it is it is Straw House Woodhouse Brickhouse Blow by Daniel Nieri and it's four different novellas they all take place in different settings so there's like one that's a western one that's a sci-fi one that's a detective story in New York City and then one that's like a Shakespearean love story lately I've been kind of wanting an adventure story the kind of story that's like an Indiana Jones movie and so I saw this book A Secret Journey of Jack London, the wild. It's about Jack, who's 17. He goes um, during the Klondike Gold Rush, um, but when he gets there, it's not what he expects. There's kidnappings going on, and there's these beasts that are hunting people down, and it's like an adventure novel, so I want to give it a try. Next, 
is a book that I've heard of. <laughs> That's an ISO. <laughs> Next! Yeah. But when he Next. gets there, it's not what he expects. There's kidnappings going on, and there's these beasts that are hunting people down, and it's like an adventure novel, so I want to give it a try. Next! is a book that I've heard really good things about. Is an author I've heard really good things about. It is Half-Brother by Kenneth Opal. Now, I have read another one of Kenneth Opal's books, This Dark Endeavor, and I didn't like it. I liked the beginning of it, but the second half just made me cringe. And so I was like, you know what? Let's give him another chance because it's free. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this final book is a new release. It was released in 2013, and it is Unremembered by Jessica Brody. One of my favorite books of all time is The Memoirs of a Teenage Amnesiac by Gabrielle Zevin. It's about a girl who loses her memory, and this is about a girl who loses her memory, but it's also like a science fiction, dystopian kind of a thing. So I'm excited. It sounds really cool. And that's what I got at the library. Like I said, it's kind of liberating. Because if I start this book and I don't like it, I'll put it down and no harm done. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this video. It was so much fun for me to get my library card. I have been all day. I've been singing the Arthur song. Having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. Legit. Um, So yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed this video. And I'll see you in my next one. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. What's the over under that she didn't read a single one of those? Oh. I'd say it's a 50 50. She probably, yeah, it's 50 50. She probably watched all the movies. (laughs) Um,. Yeah. She filmed herself then, reading like like the like she opened the book halfway through and filmed herself reading it, but didn't actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh it's like, look, I'm reading it. That this, re- that chick I'm was extra, it. bro. That's what they call she extra. was extra. Yeah, yeah. She seems nice and I, friendly, but I wouldn't. She does. I wouldn't want to have lunch with her. I don't think. <gasps> Whoa, Hi. that's a. I'm new- Peter. Hi, can I help you? What are you doing for lunch today? Sorry, I thought that was a good segue. <laughs> is that good? It is. I agree. Okay, go for it. Hi, I'm Peter. Hi, can I help you? What are you doing for lunch today? Uh, well, our specials today are blackened chicken, and it's actually right there on the board. Excuse me. <laughs> hey, look who's back! Table for three. I was asking what you were doing for lunch. Would you like to have lunch with me? Are you, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I don't, uh, I don't think I'm supposed to do that. Oh. Okay, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to go next door and get a table, and if you'd like to join me, uh, no big deal, all right? And if not, that's cool, too, okay? Okay. All right. When you say uh, next door, do you mean uh, chilies or, or flingers? Flingers. Okay. Smooth. <laughs> Smooth. I love that movie. Yeah. yeah, it's such a great movie. I haven't watched it in a long time. But I thought about lunch. I remember I remember that scene and That's after he it. got all the money, right? That's he now he's like feeling cool. Yeah. He quit his job. Yeah. Yeah, he quit his job. Um yeah. And then he uh What would you do decided. if you had a million dollars? <laughs> two chicks at the same time. I don't think that women just only one uh, are looking for a guy with money. Well, the kind of guy, girls that would double up on a guy like me. Are. <laughs> uh, oh, I but got, like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 you. Oh, I was gonna say uh, during lunch, I would, I would do my laundry. <gasps> laundry, Bill Landry yeah. of the Heartland series. Bill Laundry, <laughs> that's what they called him. 
Should you be washing your clothes after each wear? Definitely not. Tees and tanks should be washed every two to three wears. Sweaters and knits every four or five wears. Shirts every three wears. Underwear and socks after every wear. Suits after two or three wears and they should be dry cleaned. Workout gear after each wear. Outerwear should be once or twice a year if at all. Sweatpants after three to five wears. Denim jeans every 10 to 12 wears. But it depends on where you live, how much you sweat, and a bunch of- Wait a minute, denim jeans you're only supposed to wash every <laughs> once every 10 to 12 wears? Yeah, that's what he said. I wash them like every- I- I, I wear them like two days, then I wash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The That's fuck? what like. What is this? His, Who's his, it? who? What's the source on this guy? Who, who is this? Yeah, well, his denim. Well, I know his denim smells like butts, and you know, other stuff. Sweaty balls, probably. I mean, I'm th- I would imagine so. Like <laughs> I, underwear and socks, you wash definitely every, every after one wear, but. Yeah, I just twelve wears on one pair of jeans. Like, dude, I'm working. Like, what if you're out working in like the like the elements and the mud and the grass and shit? Are you still supposed to wait twelve? Like, yeah, who's this guy. Well, I guess I guess that's what he means by like you know the sweat and your environment and stuff. But uh, still, like ten to twelve wears. Like, ugh. what if you get stuff on him or yeah. you're farting a lot? I'm skeptical I, the fart of factor. this guy. I'm skeptical too. I and that's James- I. I thought I'd bring it up because it was, you know. Well, he's still got 12 it was seconds. Weird. Maybe he'll win me over. Pants okay. after three to five wears. Denim jeans every 10 to 12 wears. But it depends on where you live, how much you sweat, and a bunch of other factors. So make sure to read the caption. Okay. So you, so is, okay. Clickbait. Yeah. Yeah. But he's probably the kind of guy that's like working from home in his condo. Doesn't, you know, I mean, the worst that could happen is he spills something on his pants yeah but no one will know he walks around he's his work- apartment he works from home he just keeps walking around uh drinking coffee going oh i like my cat oh i like my cat oh, <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, uh. that's exactly what he says that's the, that's what he's saying in his apartment in his condo that's, that's crazy Long, 12 so days without washing jeans man i don't know but, well i think the longest i've gone is three or four and that's a bit much that's a rarity every other day yeah. every other two wears for a pair of jeans unless you get real dirty then it's you wash them that day or at least put them in the dirty you know you know what i'm saying yeah i know what you're i don't care what you i don't care if, if you've just been lollygagging around the house and not even getting breaking a sweat 12 days with the same pair of jeans it's just too many days yeah it's way too many days oh yeah uh okay so i have Oh, yeah, here we go. Um, Okay. Would you like to hear about... You know what? Let's do leprechauns. How about that? Yeah. I I was was thinking about leprechauns. Yeah. We've all heard stories about the little Irish troublemakers who hide gold at the end of rainbows, but could leprechauns actually be real? Let's find out on today's episode of... Colossal Question. According to Irish legends, leprechauns are a type of fairy that can be up to three feet tall. Fairies of Irish folklore aren't dainty little things with pixie dust and wings. They're tricky little creatures that love to play practical jokes. We picture leprechauns as scraggly-faced men with big, red, bushy beards, a green suit, knickers, and a hat with a buckle. By the way, he said knickers. Talking about his shoes. Oh, okay. Or whatever the garment is. He. I just wanted to emphasize that that was a k- 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 in that noise. <laughs> um, uh, but nonetheless, that leads us into a real-life leprechaun sighting. You may have heard about it in Alabama. 
Oh, well, no. For St. Patrick's Day, crowds are coming by the dozens to get an up-close view at what some say is a piece of Irish folk folklore. Some people in the Crichton area of Mobile say a leprechaun has taken up residence oh. in their neighborhood. A leprechaun. NBC15's <laughs> Brian Johnson has more. Curiosity leads to large crowds in Mobile's Crichton community. Many of you bring binoculars, camcorders, even camera phones to take pictures. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. I got to do look up <laughs> in the tree. Who else in the leprechaun say yeah? yeah! Have you not seen this? <laughs> oh, now I see it. Oh, I looked it up. Oh, you've, okay. you've seen this before, right? Yeah, I've seen this okay, before. Okay, thank God. I was about to be like, I was about to be like, we're pausing this so you can actually watch it. The visuals. Eyewitness. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. To say the uh, leprechaun only comes out at night. If you shine a light in its direction, it suddenly disappears. This amateur sketch. <laughs> the amateur <laughs> sketch is the best part about this. Oh, this that amateur is the best sketch, part. and it's just yes. like it. It's so it's like what the fuck is it this? doesn't even have a mouth <laughs> what many of you say the leprechaun looks like others find it hard to believe and have come up with their own theories and explanations for the image my theory is this casting a shadow from the other limb could be a crackhead that got hold to the wrong stuff and it told him to get up in a tree and play a leprechaun we're going to get down to the bottom of this. This guy's the best. He's got a camo. This guy's like, we're going to get down to the bottom of this. He's got shades on. He's got, like, military fatigue and a bulletproof vest. And he's like, we're going to get down to the bottom of this. You got to steer down there, guy. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, man. This guy, helping to direct traffic, says he's prepared for his encounter with the leprechaun. He's suited up from head to toe. This wars off smells right here. This is a special leprechaun flute, which has been passed down from thousands of years ago from my great-great-grandfather, who was Irish. <laughs> passed down. A leprechaun flute been passed down thousands of years from my great-great-grandfather, who was Irish. I just came to help out. Others just came to get lucky in hopes a out. pot of gold may be buried under this tree. I'm going to run a backhoe and hunt root that tree. I want to know where to go. Like, I want to go. Give me the go. I want to go. This is Brian Johnson, NBC 15 News. People will do anything for a pot of gold. I mean, anything. You know what I like? I like the amateur sketch of the leprechaun. Yeah. It looks like somebody got a really good look at it and got that good drawing out Who there. did that? I want to know who sketched that. I don't know. Maybe Brian sketched it. <laughs> that's got to be, that's got to go down in history as top three, if not top, local news stories of all time. I mean, that's just oh. insane. Definitely. To me, it looked like a leprechaun to me. Who else seen a leprechaun <laughs> say, yeah? <laughs> All right, well, um, uh, oh, b- 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 <laughs> uh, maybe, I don't know. Shit, I mean, we're, we're, we're getting close to time. I know it's getting late. Maybe I'll let you do the rest, uh, whatever you got, and I'll, I'll put mine um, at the end of the show or something. Uh, I'll just, uh, we can do, uh, we'll do one more for me. Um, I know I got a couple, but I want to, what about leeches? I mean, we're going back Ooh. in time here. And leeches were a big deal. <laughs> now then, what seems to be the trouble? Well, it's my manservant. I see. Well, don't be embarrassed. If you've got the pox, just pop your uh, manservant on the table and we'll take a look at it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, it's my real manservant. Uh-huh. And what's wrong with him? There's nothing wrong with him. That's the problem. He's perfect. And last night, I almost kissed him. I see. So you've started fancying boys then, have you? 
Not boys, a boy. Yes, well, let's not split hairs. It's all rather disgusting and naturally all worried. <laughs> of course I'm worried. Well, of course you are. It isn't every day a man wakes up to discover he's a screaming bender with no more right to live on God's clean earth than a weasel. <laughs> Ashamed of yourself? Not really, no. Bloody hell, I would be. <laughs> Still, why should I complain? It just leaves more rampant totty for us real men, eh? Look, am I paying for this personal abuse or is it extra? <laughs> no, all part of the service. <laughs> I think you're in luck, though. An extraordinary new cure has just been developed for exactly this kind of sordid problem. It wouldn't have anything to do with leeches, would it? <laughs> I had no idea you were a medical man. I've never had anything you doctors didn't try to cure with leeches. A leech on my ear for earache, a leech on my bottom for constipation. They're marvellous, aren't they? Well, the bottom one wasn't. I just sat down and squashed it. You know, the leech comes to us on the highest authority. Yes, I'd heard that. Dr. Hoffman of Stuttgart, isn't it? That's right, the great Hoffman. Owner of the largest leech farm in Europe. Yes. Well, I can't spend all day gossiping. I'm a busy man. As far as this case is concerned, I've now had time to think it over, and I can strongly recommend a course, course of, of leeches. leeches. <laughs> Just pop a couple down my codpiece before I go to bed. No, 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 no. Don't be ridiculous. This isn't the Dark Ages. Just pop four in your mouth in the morning and let them dissolve slowly. Oh, God. In a couple of weeks, you'll be beating your servant with a stick just like the rest of us. You're just an old quack, aren't you? I'd rather be a quack than a ducky. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> Shucky ducky quack 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 quack. That's from a show called uh, Black Adder, and Rowan Atkinson was uh, <gasps> Mr. There. Bean. Mr. Bean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's good. I've I've never heard or seen Black Adder. That's, I'm gonna check that out. I just realized you have one clip uh, as we as we leave here. We have to hit okay. it because in one hour it yes. will be leap year. Oh, that's right. We have to do oh, that. We have to do that. Okay. Good that call. means there's an extra day in the calendar, the 29th of February. But why do we have leap years? And how do we decide when to have them? The answer is a little more complicated than you may think. So here's how it works. We measure a day as how long it takes the Earth to spin once on its own axis. That's 24 hours. And we measure a calendar year as how long it takes the Earth to orbit the Sun. 365 days. Except the time it actually takes for the Earth to circle the Sun is 365.24 days. So that's roughly a quarter of a day longer, which adds up to a full day every four years. To keep everything in sync, this full day is added to the fourth year's shortest month, February. And that's what we call a leap year. But we don't actually have a leap year every four years. And here's why. Remember how we rounded up that 0.24 to a quarter? Well, that difference does eventually add up, pushing the whole system out of sync again by three days out of every 400 years, to be precise. In order to redress this slight imbalance, we have to skip a leap year every now and then, so not add that extra day. But how do we decide when to have a leap year and when to skip? The first rule is that the year to add an extra day must be divisible by four. The second rule is that a leap year cannot fall on a year that's divisible by 100. If it does, no leap day is added to that calendar year. But to make things even more complicated, there's an exception to this second rule. If a leap year can be divided by 400, the leap day is added after all. That's why a leap day happened in the year 1600 and 2000, but not in 1700, 1800 or 1900. We have Pope Gregory XIII to thank for creating this century rule some 400 years ago. His changes mark the beginning of the Gregorian calendar, which is still in use across the world today. So, 
Leap years exist to help us stay in sync with the real astronomical year. And if you want to get real nerdy, there's also the more recent introduction of leap seconds. But maybe we'll explain that another year. I didn't know that. I thought it was every yeah. four years. I learned yeah, something Yeah, I thought today. so too. Yeah, yeah. I did not realize that it was that, going to be. It was all worth yeah. it. It was all worth it. Yeah. It was all worth it. And if you want to learn more fascinating facts like that, tune into Hog Story every Monday night, 8 p.m.-ish yeah. Eastern. That's right. At hogstore.net, hogstore.com, and on the No Agenda stream. Yes. Carolyn, I love you. Uh, I love you, Chris. I'm, I, I'm sorry we couldn't get through everything. I have like 10 oh, more clips, okay. too. Um, but yeah, you know yeah. what? We'll just put it at the end in post-production, so everybody's going to hear it on the post version anyway. And uh, what else? Oh, yeah. What's the next one after L? M. Oh, uh, M. Yeah, so we'll be, have, we will be doing the best of the M's. M's. Yes. Oh, yes. yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good. I'm excited about that. Yeah, the M's over there, I mean, that's an unlimited possibilities. Oh, for sure. So many M's out there. M&M's. M&M's. That's um, the only meters, one I can think of. <laughs> M&M's. <laughs> Just do two hours on that. But yeah, uh, Carolyn, thank you. Um, and uh, oh yeah, tomorrow, Battle of Dead Douchebags. Me, Larry Blydner, Lavish, and Noah. Uh, one of the L's that's going to be on there. L. Ron Hubbard. Oh, oh, that's a good one. That's a good douche. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh, one. But yeah, it's a right after no agenda. Tune into that, and obviously hog and story. And this every this Monday. Sunday, right? That's tomorrow. No, it's Thursday. Oh, tomorrow Thursday. Yeah, we're doing oh, a Thursday. Nice. It's the first ever douchebag battle on a Thursday. Oh, excellent! It's I'll, be, I'll check it out. It'll be tomorrow. Um, and it's all dead douchebags. Should be good. Ah, dead douche. Battle of the dead douchebags. This was Larry's idea the day that Bing, or not Bing, the day that David Crosby died of Crosby Stills. Oh, Nash. okay. Larry messaged me and said, "Fuck this guy. Let's do Battle of Dead Douchebags. It's never too soon." And we're finally getting around to it. So. Oh, oh, David Crosby passed. Oh, yeah, and like literally within hours, Larry messaged me with that idea. I'd love that. <laughs> oh my uh, goodness. <laughs> body wasn't even fucking cold yet, dude. <laughs> That's wow a, larry's a fucking savage i love that guy uh the only person on twitter that i know of that gets suspended more than i do <laughs> but, uh, well, it sounds like it's gonna be a great show i'll, yes. have to, I'll check it out and anybody listening please okay. check the uh the show notes for hog story you know carolyn you love carolyn she was that show with john fletcher let's let's uh make mondays a regular thing people hogstory.net and uh it's it's dot com. It's dot com dot net. I think both of those things. Story dot net. It's dot com. It's okay. <laughs> well, thanks again, Chris. I'm looking forward to doing the best of the M's. Love you. Love you. Oh, wait. Hang on. I love you, Chris. I don't have a I love you, Carolyn. <laughs> trope. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Mwah. Mwah. Shitmyass.com. 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 Electronic devices. What a hard-working bunch. And you're working harder than most. I've seen bigger screens on a calculator. Now, this is a nifty screen, but objects may shift during flight. You're working too hard because, frankly, your hands are just designed wrong. Ooh, an IBM ThinkPad. 
See, now this is what it's like to fly first class. About this time, yes, last year's when we were finally, uh, should I say, we decided to do right. a podcast right. about this time last we year. We came up with the crazy. idea during the lockdowns and COVID yep. because we were like, what? Yep. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> we what have we to do, do something. We constantly and these, are talking. And, well, and all these yep. podcasts were popping up. Yep. Yeah. They were. And everybody and their mother had podcasts. Yep. 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 So we thought we would just throw our hats into the ring. Yeah. Yes. The little pod about nothing. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know what's funny is that we were, we were, we were, we were like, oh, what's the matter with you? What? I, I was touching my face with my fingers. With he didn't like chin. it. It looks I, awesome. I, I, this, this dimple gets bigger as I get older. It yeah. just starts to crater more. So I'm like, you wow. You're so weird. What? You see how? That means there's an extra day in the calendar, the 29th of February. But why do we have leap years? And how do we decide when to have them? The answer is a little more complicated than you may think, so here's how it works. We measure a day as how long it takes the Earth to spin once on its own axis. That's 24 hours. And we measure a calendar year as how long it takes the Earth to orbit the Sun. 365 days. Except the time it actually takes for the Earth to circle the Sun is 365.24 days. So that's roughly a quarter of a day longer, which adds up to a full day every four years. To keep everything in sync, this full day is added to the fourth year's shortest month, February. And that's what we call a leap year. But we don't actually have a leap year every four years. And here's why. Remember how we rounded up that 0.24 to a quarter? Well, that difference does eventually add up, pushing the whole system out of sync again by three days out of every 400 years, to be precise. In order to redress this slight imbalance, we have to skip a leap year every now and then, so not add that extra day. But how do we decide when to have a leap year and when to skip? The first rule is that the year to add an extra day must be divisible by four. The second rule is that a leap year cannot fall on a year that's divisible by 100. If it does, no leap day is added to that calendar year. But to make things even more complicated, there's an exception to this second rule. If a leap year can be divided by 400, the leap day is added after all. That's why a leap day happened in the year 1600 and 2000, but not in 1700, 1800 or 1900. We have Pope Gregory XIII to thank for creating this century rule some 400 years ago. His changes mark the beginning of the Gregorian calendar, which is still in use across the world today. So, leap years exist to help us stay in sync with the real astronomical year. And if you want to get real nerdy, there's also the more recent introduction of leap seconds. But maybe we'll explain that another year. Now then, what seems to be the trouble? Well, it's my manservant. I see. Well, don't be embarrassed. If you've got the pox, just pop your uh, manservant on the table and we'll take a look at you. <laughs> no, 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 I mean, it's my real manservant. Uh-huh. And what's wrong with him? There's nothing wrong with him. That's the problem. He's perfect. And last night, I almost kissed him. I see. So you've started fancying boys then, have you? Not boys, a boy. Yes, well, let's not split hairs. It's all rather disgusting and naturally all worried. Of course I'm worried. Well, of course you are. It isn't every day a man wakes up to discover he's a screaming bender with no more right to live on God's clean earth than a weasel. <laughs> Ashamed of yourself? Not really, no. Bloody hell, I would be. <laughs> Still, why should I complain? It just leaves more rampant totty for us real men, eh? Look, am I paying for this personal abuse or is it extra? No, all part of the service. <laughs> I think you're in luck, though. 
An extraordinary new cure has just been developed for exactly this kind of sordid problem. It wouldn't have anything to do with leeches, would it? I had no idea you were a medical man. I've never had anything you doctors didn't try to cure with leeches. A leech on my ear for earache, a leech on my bottom for constipation. They're marvellous, aren't they? Well, the bottom one wasn't. I just sat down and squashed it. You know, the leech comes to us on the highest authority. Yes, I'd heard that. Dr. Hoffman of Stuttgart, isn't it? That's right, the great Hoffman. Owner of the largest leech farm in Europe. (laughs) Yes. Well, I can't spend all day gossiping. I'm a busy man. As far as this case is concerned, I've now had time to think it over, and I can strongly recommend a course, course of, of leeches. leeches. <laughs> Just pop a couple down my codpiece before I go to bed. No, 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 no. Don't be ridiculous. This isn't the Dark Ages. Just pop four in your mouth in the morning and let them dissolve slowly. In a couple of weeks, you'll be beating your servant with a stick, just like the rest of us. You're just an old quack, aren't you? I'd rather be a quack than a ducky. Good day. <laughs> When Apple invented the personal computer, we were all alone in the world. But soon it seemed that everybody was trying to build a better Apple. Well, somebody finally did. Lisa from Apple. So advanced it puts us right back where we started. Alone again. Soon there'll be just two kinds of people. Those who use computers and those who use apples. It's red and pricey. It's a critter and a delicacy. It's the creme de la creme of seafood. But this beloved summertime favorite was once thought of as the poor man's food. Say what? It is said that in the early 16th century, as the first pilgrims began to settle in bay areas of America, that the oceans overfloweth with lobster. No, literally, they overfloweth. Imagine a shore with a lobster wall two feet tall. As one would expect, the settlers ate them up, until, like anything eaten three times a day, they got sick of them, eventually deeming them the cockroaches of the sea. After that, lobsters were used as fertilizer, fish bait, and ultimately prison food. They were fed so often to inmates that there was even a law enacted to protect said inmates from cruel and unusual lobster punishment. So then how did lobster become the succulent delicacy we all know and love? Fast forward to the mid-1800s. Canned food became a thing, as did the railroad. Lobsters were canned and shipped to Middle America. At the same time, Middle Americans started traveling to New England for fresh lobster. By the late 1880s, prices began to surge. And by World War II, lobsters became the pricey specialty we've all grown to enjoy. And welcome to another edition of Hiroyuki Terada, Diaries of a Master Sushi Chef. Yes. Hello, good afternoon everyone. Good afternoon to you, Hiro-san. Yes, today we have a very, very, very special guest. Yes. Here, our studio. Okay. Bang! What's good up, on? everybody? How are you guys doing? I am here with Master Sushi Chef. Let me tell you something. I'm a big 
huge fan. So this is very special to me. Thank you, Hiro. Thank for, you very much. For, thank Good you. Thank to you. See thank you. you. Absolutely. Uh-huh. I'm excited. And we have something crazy today. Hiro, are you ready for this? I'm I like I'm nervous. I'm nervous. We have two monster uh, lobsters and uh, we're going to do unboxing. Oh, oh, and it's, oh, it's perfectly, look at that everybody, perfectly alive, wow, oh my god, you, is that big enough for you, Hiro? <laughs> wow, oh my I god. never seen, look at this, look at that, Hiro, I'll grab the claw and you grab the body, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> my goodness, oh boy, look at this, wow, wow, Oh, almost didn't fit the pen. That's Jeez. a perfect size pen right there. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. What do we have? Ten, ten pounds. Ten pounds. Oh, I guess we were surprised. I okay. thought it was fifteen. Ten pounds. It's got to be around eighty years old, maybe even more. Eighty-five wow. years old. Yeah, around wow. over eighty. So, Mr. Google, can you do the? Absolutely. Let's measure it out. So the claw here, we have 10 and a half inches, six inches wide, 11 and a half, 12, 11 inches. Just on, for the tail. On the tail. And from the head to the tip, 20 inches, 30, 30 inches exactly. And it's still moving, guys. Look at this. You're right. Now, do so, we, are we going to have anyone try it and see if the claws are pretty powerful? Yeah, Go I don't volunteers. think... Uh, Oh, 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 he got oh, me. Oh, he got me. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. No, no, no. Hey, SpongeBob. You guys want to go lift some weights? Give it a try, Sandy. How about a little more weight? Observe. Anybody up for some volleyball? SpongeBob, is that you? Dude, you're ripped. Are you kidding? Hey, SpongeBob, throw us the ball. Who, me? Thanks. I work out. Okay. Nope, that was SpongeBob. He called us fat. What is that smell? Mr. Krabs, how long have you been in there? Hey there, folks. Santee at the Arizona Ghost Riders here. We got mail. Santee, how about doing a video about the underwear of the West? Union suits and all. Mustang. Mustang. Okay, okay. Don't get your panties in a knot. See what I did there? I know. Right? Undergarments in the Wild West were not as wild as ours today. Bikini briefs, boxers, thongs, underoos. Those would shock Victorians so much they'd probably shoot you in a state of panic. Well, maybe not. The 19th century word pants actually has its origins in underwear. Pants are short for pantaloons or pantalones, which was a character in a comedic play who wore his lower garments down to his ankles. Incidentally, not the norm in his era. Thou lookest ridiculous. Well, it set the stage for Britain to shorten it to pants, which came to mean long drawers that covered the whole leg. The garments worn over them became known as trousers. I know. Mind-blowing, right? 
and sorcery. The term drawers was coined because of the way these garments were drawn on. What's the matter with you? I ain't running around the middle of the night in my drawers. For men, the union suit, long handles, or long johns were very common. They were a one-piece flannel suit that buttoned up the front. Many times it had a trap door in the back so you wouldn't have to strip off the whole outfit to do your, uh, business. This was either a button flap or just a vertical slot like the women had. One brand you might be familiar with is Fruit of the Loom, who have been making undies since 1851. I'm going Comanche. Now, women had it a little different. They wore a chemise on top and drawers on the bottom. These were typically thin materials since there were a few more layers to complete the whole outfit. Kate, you're not wearing a bustle. Cactus Rose, otherwise known as Shirley Hobbs, commented, Linen undergarments would have been for the upper class as linen cost more and was finer than cotton. Another word for women's drawers was bloomers, named after Amelia Bloomer when she promoted some new loose-fitting lower body garments around 1849. Now, do folks doing reenactment or living history wear historical undergarments? Yes, some of them do, especially the women. But as for the men on this movie shoot, well, let's investigate. I'm here with Eddie Perez and Glenn Gold. How you doing, Glenn? All right. Yeah, what kind of underwear are you wearing? Long gone. Okay. What kind of underwear are you wearing today? Vidal Sassoon. Vidal Sassoon made his underwear? Darn straight. Hey, Grub. <laughs> Good morning, Shanty. How you doing there? Good. Uh, what kind of underwear you wear? Yeah, you want to know about my girdle? What? Yeah, I got a girdle. Boy, I'm Man, he just poking my ribs and everything there. <laughs> okay, Dirty Dan. Yes, sir. Can you please tell me what kind of underwear you're wearing today? Underoos. You know, the ones with the pocket in the front for your cell phone? I see. Okay. I'm here with John Floyd. Hey, everyone. John. Yes, sir. What kind of underwear are you wearing? I am uh, I am a uh, boxer brief kind of guy. Boxer briefs? Yeah. How about okay. yourself? I'm not telling. Well, I hope you all learned something about undergarments in the Old West. Incidentally, I'm wearing BVDs, which have been around since 1876. The, the company, not my BVDs, because that'd be weird. So, anyway, please like, share, and subscribe, and I'll see you on down the trail. All right, y'all, so look, we buy, we about to try Long John Silver's, y'all. That's what, that's what we about to do. We ain't going to do too much talking today. You see, look, 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 look. You see where we at. You, meow, meow. You know what I'm saying? Them quick turns. Them quick turns. You know what I'm saying? We here. We at the Long John's, y'all. Back out. Look, you go see this turn. I don't know what to get. I ain't never been here before. But nine times out of ten, I'm going to get some fish. Some fish and some chips. You know what I'm saying? Chicken platter. Can I try the um the fish and chicken platter? Yes.
Uh, let me get some french fries and some hush puppies. Yeah. Uh, does it come with a drink? No. You think I could add a drink? Okay. I'm gonna get a, 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 a Pepsi with no ice. Mommy, my life. Medium. Yeah. That's it for today. 1440. Thank you. Bruh, how you got a platter? But don't got a don't don't got a drink for the little. I'm stuttering. Damn. How do you have a platter but don't have a fucking beverage for the platter, bro? You're gonna be parched eating this, bro. Come all this breaded and fried foods, bro. You need a bevy, y'all. Need a bevy, bro. I don't know. Like I said, bro. Like it's it's the little things, bro. It's the little things in life, man. It's it's not that hard, man. So look, y'all. Whoa, this shit smell good, bro. I'm not gonna lie, y'all. This shit is smelling righteous, bro. Like, I ain't gonna look, I was just mad, y'all, because I, I gotta look at my car. The way they had they drive-through set up, they drive through. I hit a couple curbs. You know what I'm saying? I hit a couple curbs, and I gotta make sure my joint ain't dinged up. It's looking alright right there. Looking alright right there. We get to go, y'all. We about to hop back up in the whip. And we about to review this. Right here, right now. I ain't going to cap, bruh. Alright, y'all. So, this is what the fish and chicken box look like. You feel me? Ain't going to lie. I can't I can't tell the difference between the, the fish and the chicken. Because they use the same batter for both. Like, like be honest, y'all. Everything in this box look the same, bro. They equivalent, bro. Like, ain't no, ain't no reason these don't should be looking identical like this, y'all. Ain't no reason. But I ain't going to lie to y'all. If this batter hit, then that could be a good thing. You feel me? Sometimes you can't do too much. You can't do too much because you might you might fuck yourself if you do too much. We're going to start out with the fries, y'all. Thing season. They definitely season the perfection. They hit. I ain't put no ketchup on it or nothing. They just hit. I'm appalled. I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I'm appalled right now. I ain't put nothing on the fries. Just consume them as is. I'm impressed. All right, y'all, so we gonna look. We gonna try a hush puppy. Hush puppy tastes like shit. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. The issue with the hush puppy is, it ain't sweet. Like I've been to a lot of places where the hush puppies they sweet, you know what I'm saying? They they full of flavor. They got sometimes they even got corn in them. These are some basic ass hush puppies, y'all. No flavor in the mugs. Them jumps. They just taste like just some nasty ass bread. I'm not gonna lie to y'all right now. I'm gonna keep it a band. Like these need to be taken off the menu. Like if you ain't gonna prepare them the right way, then you just need to take the shit off your menu straight up. Ain't gonna sugarcoat it. Shit nasty. 
The fries is good. If y'all go to Long John Silver's, make sure you get the fries. But let's jump into the fish and the chicken. The main dish, the combo meal, as they call it, the platter. Let's see what's up with it. Hold on. So the fish ain't bad, y'all. It's got a nice flavor. A little bit salty, though. A little bit salty. It's salty, but the flavor ain't bad. It's not top tier, though. I mean, it's, it's a fast food restaurant, so you know what I'm saying? We can't really expect too much from it. Y'all be getting mad when I be giving these reviews, y'all. Y'all don't want me to keep it a band, because look, I'm going to be a band. I'm going to tell y'all it's a 6 out of 10. Some of y'all want me to give it everything 10s. Everything is not deserving of a 10, y'all. The Gangnam Style Wings that I just reviewed, they was good. That that um that teriyaki char burger, that jump was hitting. This, this ain't hitting, y'all. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The fish ain't. It's not. It's not nothing that like I would go back for. All honesty, y'all. I apologize if this is your favorite restaurant. And you wanted, you wanted me to cap on this junk. I'm trying to try a chicken, but I don't even know if this is the chicken or the fish. It all looks the same. Like, you can't point out the fish and you can't point out the chicken. It all looked the same, y'all. The chicken tastes like the fish. It's all cooked in the same grease. It all got the same batter. It's all got the same flavor. It's all got the same appearance. Somebody asked me to try this. As if the shit was good, bro. Bro, like, on some on some real shit, bro, like, I'm thinking about taking this food right now and throwing it out the fucking window, bro. I'm pissed off right now, bro. Fifteen fucking dollars. It didn't even come with a fucking beverage. Like, make this make sense to me right now, bro. This shit's fucking ass, bro. Welcome to Paranormal Resident. In today's video, we explore the mythical fairy of Irish legend, 
the leprechaun. Before we start, could you please like and subscribe? You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, all at Paranormal Resident. So guys, let's get into the legendary leprechaun. Leprechauns are now a symbol of Irish tradition, but where did this feisty fairy come from? Leprechauns can be traced back to the 8th century. It first appears in stories of a water spirit, which were known as Luc Harpan, which means small body. But researchers argue the term leprechaun comes from the Irish Leet Brogan, which means shoemaker. The leprechaun is described as a very small bearded man who wears a green suit and a hat. Originally, he was known as a shoemaker who wreaks havoc on unexpected humans. The story varies from storyteller to storyteller, but some say his name comes from the Celtic god named Luck, L-U-G-H, which is pronounced L-U-C-K, Luck, which is where the leprechaun gained a reputation for being lucky. The sound of the leprechaun shoe hammer, if followed, can lead you to a pot of gold. But if you're not cunning enough, the mischievous creature will snatch the gold from your hands. As he disappears, you will hear him laugh loudly at you. When not making shoes, the leprechauns are known to like a drink, be merry and dance and sing throughout the night. The leprechaun has only one weakness, and that is that of the four-leaf clover, this being the only way to actually kill the leprechaun and steal his gold. Back in 1989, a small suit and a hat, which can only be described as a leprechaun's outfit, was discovered on Carlingford Mountain in County Loud. The little suit was found with small bones and a collection of gold coins. Was this finally evidence of the mythical fairy? Skeptics say it was a hoax, but a handful of people say it was evidence of its existence. Kevin McQuilchen, known as Ireland's last leprechaun whisperer, I know right, was determined to find out the truth. It was a fruitless endeavour, until there was another discovery. In 2002, Quilcha came across a similar discovery on Gone Road, again in Carlingford County Loud. Yet more gold coins were found. Did he plant these here just to add to his unbelievable story? Or did he in fact discover the legend of the leprechaun? The problem is we will probably never know the truth. But people to this day swear they have seen the little man. What do you think? Is the little shoemaker real? Or just a stuff of Irish legend. You have been watching Paranormal Resident. If you could, please like and subscribe. You can follow me on Instagram at Paranormal Resident. You can follow me on Twitter at Paranormal Resident. And also on Facebook at Paranormal Resident Ireland. You can share this video with your friends. And let me know what you think down in the comments. Until next time guys. Bye. There definitely is um, leprosy in the United States. Now, most of it is imported, but we do have homegrown leprosy here, principally in Texas and Florida. For many, leprosy may seem like a problem from biblical times, but Dr. Nicole Iovine, the chief hospital epidemiologist at the University of Florida, tells me the disease is very much still around. In fact, leprosy could now be endemic in central Florida. Endemic means something that is circulating and is present 
at all times, and it can be at a low level. According to a new research letter from the CDC, Florida is among the top states with the most new cases of leprosy. That's based on data from 2020, the latest research data available. So far this year in Florida, there have been 15 confirmed cases of leprosy, according to the state, and most of those cases are in Brevard County. In fact, Brevard has seen the most leprosy cases in Florida since 2011, and in 2020, Brevard accounted for over 12% of all leprosy cases in the country. So what happens if someone has leprosy? Dr. Ayavine says that usually means lesions on the skin. You have something that's like, you know, a few centimeters on your arm and you can't feel it. That's going to be different from a typical rash, which is going to be itchy or, or some other way that you would, uh, you know, identify with a normal rash. So it, it is it is distinct. It can be extremely disfiguring, though. So it, it definitely causes a lot of distress. So how does someone contract leprosy? Dr. Ayavine says usually armadillos are to blame. Physical contact is really what you need. It needs You need to have physical contact with an infected armadillo. Dr. Ayavine says, fortunately, antibiotics are very effective at treating leprosy. In Orlando, Marley Martinez, West 2 News. Thanks for watching our YouTube channel. Follow today's top stories and breaking news by downloading the NBC News app. Leprosy brings to mind images of biblical beggars and lonely leper colonies, and seems for some to have all but disappeared into the history books. But leprosy still haunts many parts of the world, and there's an absurd amount that we don't know about the disease. Leprosy has been around since at least 2000 BC, but after all this time, we still don't really know how the disease is transmitted. We don't know where it starts in the body. Oh, and we can't grow leprosy bacteria in a culture. But maybe we should start with what we do know. My name is Cressida Madigan. I'm an assistant professor at UC San Diego in the molecular biology section. And I work on leprosy and other neurological infections to try to understand how these infectious agents are damaging our nervous system during infection. I love mycobacteria, which is the kind of bacteria that causes um, leprosy. They're very unusual organisms. And part of what makes leprosy bacteria, or Mycobacterium leprae, so unusual is that it is thought to be only able to replicate inside a living cell. These bacteria can't be grown in a lab the way that we grow other bacteria. We don't know why. We don't know if maybe we're just missing a key component of the recipe that it needs to grow. Could also be that leprae simply cannot grow outside of an animal. So scientists like Dr. Madigan study leprosy inside living animals like mice, armadillos, and zebrafish. But this still makes the bacteria difficult to observe and run tests on, especially since it occupies a unique part of the body, the nerves. It's the bacteria invading the nerves and the immune system's response that eventually causes major symptoms of the disease. So while we aren't really sure how the disease gets into the body or how it travels to the nerve cells, we know it infects what are called Schwann cells, which produce the protective myelin sheath that covers neuronal axons, helping to conduct electrical impulses along the nerves. So there's some evidence that when M. leprae infects Schwann cells, it stops those cells from being able to make myelin, which is this sort of insulating wrapping that surrounds the axons of our nerves. Something about the infection causes the protective myelin to die. And this is because the bacteria is destroying the small but mighty mitochondria in the nerve cells. So mitochondria are sort of like the batteries within cells 
they produce the energy for the cell so that it can function. So as a cell, if you don't have mitochondria, you will essentially die at some point, right? Over time, the nerve axons also become damaged by the immune system's response to the bacteria, which is why people with leprosy can lose feeling in their skin. But the immune system isn't activated immediately, and that's because leprosy bacteria is notorious for moving at a snail's pace. While other bacteria like E. coli can replicate in as short of a time as 20 minutes and disseminate quickly, leprosy bacteria replicates only once every two weeks or so. So someone could be infected for years and not experience any symptoms because the bacteria isn't setting off any alarms. This also makes the bacteria difficult to treat. Many antibiotics work by targeting bacteria that are replicating. So if you're a bacterium and you're not replicating, then you will be naturally resistant to several classes of antibiotics. To treat the disease, you'd have to take a cocktail of various antibiotics daily for up to two years to make sure the drugs hit the bacteria at the exact moment it's trying to replicate. And you would need to take multiple antibiotics at one time to ensure the bacteria doesn't become resistant to the treatment, which is not ideal. But the good news is leprosy really isn't that contagious compared to other diseases. Part of the stigma of leprosy is that this disease is very contagious, but that's actually not true. In fact, you need to be around someone with leprosy for a long time to catch the disease. It also helps that 95% of people are naturally immune to leprosy. So in order to contract leprosy, you have to be living with a family member who has the disease, uh, who is infectious, and you have to have close, intimate contact with that person for a period of years. And while the symptoms are undesirable, leprosy doesn't directly cause death. In some patients, the symptoms take decades to manifest. So, like we said earlier about the leprosy bacteria, they're very unusual organisms. The Byzantines knew about leprosy. They knew that it was infectious. And so, to try to stop the spread of leprosy throughout the Byzantine Empire, the Byzantines uh, would assign leprosy patients into leprosaria, which were like very posh leper colonies, essentially. The leprosaria were actually really nice places for patients to live. They got free medical care, free food, housing. And so um, life was so good within the leprosaria that people started trying to fake the symptoms of leprosy in order to be admitted. Oh, to be a leper in the Byzantine era. Am I right? Lead poisoning is especially harmful to children, and it is irreversible. Dr. John LaPook has more on this. The parents of children in Flint, Michigan, have good reason to be worried. There's real danger that the injury is going to be permanent and lifelong in them. Dr. Philip Landrigan is dean of global health at Mount Sinai School of Medicine. He's been studying the effects of lead since the 70s. The problem here is that no level of lead is safe. Even low levels of lead, especially if, if exposure to low levels continues over many months, is going to cause some degree of brain damage to at least some of the children who are exposed. And that's a, that's a big deal. Exposed children are at risk for a number of problems, including lower IQ scores, developmental delays, and behavioral issues such as attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Even after lead exposure stops, the effects can last for years or even be permanent. In Flint, Michigan, a major challenge will be identifying which children are at risk, then tracking them for many years for evidence of injury. These children are going to be injured for life, 
uh, they're going to need remedial education, they're going to need educational enrichment programs. They're kids who may be prevented from functioning at their full level. There are no known effective drugs to reverse the developmental damage caused by lead. Something called chelation therapy can remove lead from the body, but so far it has not been helpful in treating the behavioral or neurological problems caused by lead. Dr. John Lapook, thank you, Doc. Well, in at least 4 million homes, children are being exposed to high levels of lead right now. According to the CDC, lead poisoning can lead to learning and behavior problems, can even slow down development. But the good news, lead poisoning can be prevented. We have Dr. Elizabeth Mead here from Swedish Medical uh, Center to explain. Thanks for joining us uh, once again. You're Appreciate welcome. it. Uh, how does lead affect a child's body? So it can affect their body in different ways. The, the thing that we get most concerned about is actually how it affects their brain. So it can cause behavioral problems. It can become become aggressive, impulsive, it can contribute to kind of ADHD-like behaviors, and actually can contribute to a drop in IQ and really poor school performance. Wow. What were some of the symptoms uh, that you know parents should look out for yeah. if, if the kids are exposed to lead? So some kids can have abdominal pain. Some kids might complain of nonspecific things like headaches or just kind of not feeling well. And then behavioral changes are the big ones. So if suddenly your child is really aggressive or impulsive or they're really having a hard time paying attention in school, and that's very new, they never were that way before, then it's a good thing to look into. Are some children... Um, more at risk than others? Well, kids are more at risk than adults for lead poisoning for multiple different reasons. So one is that they're just smaller, so it takes less content of lead to actually have an effect on them. Two is that especially little kids tend to crawl all over the ground and put things in their mouth, and that's one way that kids can often be exposed. And then three is just that their brain is developing, and so it's a a really difficult time for them to have any negative exposures. You know, a lot of, you know, since uh, they they change the paints in in a lot of the the home home paints, you know, we don't hear much about lead exposure, but it's still kind of a prevalent, prevalent topic. It is. And actually, in 2016, the American Academy of Pediatrics really came out and said there is actually no safe level of lead in a child's blood. So we used to say we got concerned about a level of 10 or higher. Mm -hmm. And now we know that even at half that level, kids are starting to have effects. Wow. So what can parents do to kind of, you know, prevent lead exposure? So if you live in an older home, it's a good idea to have your paint tested if you still have original paint. If you're going to be remodeling or doing construction on your house and it's an older home, that's a time when kids really tend to get exposed. It can certainly um, be in your water supply. So you can Mm -hmm. actually go onto the Washington Department of Health website and find some resources to have your water tested. Yeah. It's only about 25 to $50 typically, so it's not super expensive. Yeah. But again, if you've got old pipes or old paint, those are kind of the big exposures. Yeah. Also for parents who work in a job that exposes them to lead, so like a shooting range or if they work in remodeling or construction, they really need to be thoughtful about what they're potentially bringing home and tracking into the house. So they can actually bring some of that lead Absolutely. back into the house. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Uh, if you suspect lead, uh, your child might be exposed to lead, yeah. what, what, what can you do uh, yep. immediately long-term. Yeah, so definitely go to your pediatrician or your family doctor and ask to have the child's blood tested so they can do it with just a simple blood test. Yeah. Um, and then if you find that the level is high, depending on how high it is, we re- may re- recommend treatment or we may just say we need to eliminate exposures and then retest in a month or two. All right. Dr. Elizabeth Mead, thanks for joining us once again. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Back over to you. More than 2,500 years ago, One of ancient Greece's most celebrated pop stars and erotic poets enraptured listeners. In one legend, a prominent Athenian heard his nephew singing one of their songs and enjoyed it so much that he asked the boy to teach it to him. So that I may learn it and die, he said. So who was this revered figure? Her name was Sappho. She lived on the Greek island of Lesbos around 600 BCE. 
Like other singer-songwriters of the time, she sang while playing the lyre, a stringed instrument from which the term lyrics is derived. But Sappho's lyrics offered a uniquely intimate perspective on love, passion and longing. She's the first on record to combine the words bitter and sweet, for instance, to describe at once the thrills and devastations of romance. Sappho was an aristocrat, thought to have married a man, though none of her surviving work mentions him. It does reference other family, as well as festivals, colourful clothing and growing old. But Sappho was best known for her lyrics about homoerotic desire for women. In one song, as her female companion departs tearfully, Sappho says, Let me remind you the lovely times we shared. She describes flower garlands, perfumes, and, she says, on soft beds, you quenched your desire. In another, she describes a friend in a distant city, pacing far away, her gentle heart devoured by powerful desire. She remembers slender at these. The word lesbian means someone from Lesbos, but because of Sappho, it now also describes a woman who's gay. In ancient Greece, the norm was for everyone to marry and have children. While men were usually permitted to have homosexual relationships based on their status, women weren't. But it appears that, on Lesbos at this time, aristocratic women generally had more freedom. Yet the details of Sappho's life remain mysterious, partially because only fragments of her poetry survive. In ancient times, however, so much of it persisted that it seemed it would last forever. Admirers performed Sappho cover songs and committed her poetry to papyrus, parchment and pottery. Three centuries after Sappho's death, a Greek author declared that her words would endure as long as ships sail from the Nile. Another century later, the Library of Alexandria housed nine scrolls of her work, numbering over 10,000 lines. But natural forces eroded the collection, and monks, tasked with preserving ancient writing, likely neglected or destroyed her work. One second-century Christian leader called Sappho a whore who sang about her own licentiousness. Later, a pope and archbishop ordered her poetry burned. Almost all of it had vanished by the Middle Ages. Then, about a century ago, people began rediscovering Sappho's poetry in locations like an ancient Egyptian garbage dump. Now we have around 700 lines, representing less than 10% of Sappho's total known work. We only have one complete poem of hers. About a dozen others are substantial, but most are mere fragments. New pieces of Sappho songs probably will be found. Some may already be sitting in museum archives to be revealed when technology allows scholars to read through scrolls too fragile to unroll. What we are currently left with is an incomplete record and many historical rumours. Ovid insisted that Sappho fell in love with a ferryman and, upon being rejected, leapt from a cliff to her death. Another tale asserts that she ran a girls' school and those mentioned in her poems were merely students for whom she felt platonic affection. Current consensus is that these stories, 
which ridicule Sappho or deny her work's homoeroticism, are probably all untrue artefacts of misogyny and homophobia. Despite the distortions of the intervening millennia, Sappho's words reach across time and resonate today. More than 2,000 years ago, she wrote, I say someone in another time will remember us. And thankfully, we do. 1,700 years before Sappho, there was Enhedwana. Dig into the life and legacy of the world's first author and learn why she was banished with this video. Or explore what was lost in the Library of Alexandria's demise with this video. Hi, I'm Shane Daniel Byrne and welcome back to today's Queer History Lesson. Nailed it. Who run the world? Lesbians. Today's class is all about the word lesbian. L is for lesbian, the first letter in the LGBTQ plus initialism. Now, although you may not think twice about this word or its definition today, it actually has quite a unique history in comparison to the other letters. The term literally means from the island of Lesbos in the same way Australian literally means from the island of Australia. Here's how it became the term for a homosexual woman. The beautiful Greek island of Lesbos is, of course, rich in flora and fauna and famous for its olive groves. It's located in the northeastern Aegean Sea and has a population of about 100,000 people. Lesbos is steeped in ancient Greek history. It's mentioned in the Homeric epics, the Iliad and the Odyssey, and was known as a place of culture in ancient times. The island was home to famous poet Sappho in the 600s BC, who was regarded as one of the greatest lyric poets at the time. She wrote erotic poetry about loving women and women's beauty. Today, there is very little known for certain about Sappho's life and much of her work has been lost or destroyed. A lot of people believe that was done on purpose. In the ancient Greek world, when Sappho's poetry was written, homosexuality wasn't actually considered immoral or wrong. But in the early 19th century, when classics became a formal discipline, scholars tried to straightwash her work by insisting the love she spoke of for her female friends was innocent and in no way objectionable, vulgarly sensual and illegal. And her own sexuality has often been debated. But regardless of this, the modern identification of Zappa with female homosexuality is still very strong. She's been used as a symbol of protest for equal rights, and today the village of her birth, Eros, has become a popular destination for gay tourism, with about 3,000 to 4,000 visitors every single summer. This tiny village, that only has a population of 1,500 residents, now has three lesbian bars which is three more than Dublin City. Although there is acceptance on the island today towards lesbian visitors, this was actually not always the case. Back in 2008, three residents of Lesbos brought a case to Greek courts to try ban the word lesbian being used to describe gay women who said they were unhappy that the term had been usurped. But the case was rejected by the Athens court and the plaintiffs were asked to pay court expenses of €230. Euro. With Vasilis Chidaris, a lawyer for the Gay and Lesbian Union of Greece, saying, This is a good decision for lesbians everywhere. You know, you're wondering whether uh, I'm still the liquor. No. Guess what? I'm on top of the liquor. I am the monkey in charge of bananas. What's my secret? This little device right here. I just take a little blow. And it tells me when it's time for a little top-up. Because when I first got this, I used to ride it around 0.20, 0 
which is fucking wasted 24-7. But now I leave it at 0.12, which is perfect. It's right in the fucking slot. Just past the click. That wonderful moment. Just like Julian. I'm sober enough to know what I'm doing, and I'm drunk enough to really enjoy doing it. Oh, look at that. 0.10. Time for a little drinky poo. Cheers, genitals. Nabil Khalil is the owner of Bouquet Plaza Liquor in Santa Clarita, California. And every day, he deals with a problem that has vexed liquor store owners for years. We always have a teenager trying to come and buy alcohol. We always refuse the sale. But as far as I'm concerned, no business should ever have to turn away a paying customer. So I paid Nabil a visit to help him out. Every time you turn away a teenager who's trying to buy alcohol, you're losing a sale. Yes, because that's what the law is. So from now on, you allow them to purchase it, but they just can't take it home until they're 21. The main reason teenagers want booze is to look cool to their friends. So if Nabil let minors purchase alcohol, but then held it in a storage locker until their 21st birthday, Bouquet Plaza Liquor would gain a ton of new underage customers who could then brag to their friends that they own booze. The plan? Increase business by selling alcohol to minors. Could be, could be possible, but when you get close to that age, definitely you don't want a voucher that says, oh yes, I own a couple bars of liquor, but where they are. So they want to have it. Well, no offense, but you know, I'm a bit closer to my teenage years than you are, so I think I know what uh, youth these days want. If they get the happiness of, yes, I have it, that would be great. With Nabil on board, I created some tags that would work like a coat check system for alcohol, so miners could reclaim their booze from storage once they turned 21. Now I had to get the word out to young people, so I arranged a meeting with the chair of a local youth little league in the hopes of landing a sponsorship deal. Do you seriously are th- talking about putting a, a banner that says we sell liquor to minors? These minors don't actually get to take home the alcohol mm. till they're 21. Well, I do understand it, but I'm not sure that I agree with tying that up to our little league. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know if this helps in any way, but we'd also be willing to offer a free bottle of gin to every kid in the league. No, I'm sorry. Thank you for your time, then. Well, thank you for your offer. Yeah. I'm sure it'll work out. Oh, no. What? What is what is this for? What? What is this for? Oh, no, no, no. No, no. Thank you very much, though. Are you sure? Let me show you up. No, no. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. We're done. With sponsorship off the table, I needed a different way to reach the youth market. So I hired a teen actor to pose as a student to get the word spreading at a local high school. So right off the bat, you know, before you talk about the liquor store or anything, you got to establish a rapport so that the teens you're talking to think you're cool. Okay. So maybe talk about how school sucks, you know, or a bit about how the internet's awesome or something, and throw in some swear words, too. So try that. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, dude, that internet these days is so dope, man. School sucks, dude. You can just go on the stinging internet. With Connor trained, I gave him a backwards hat and sunglasses so he would look cooler. Then I sent him onto school property to begin spreading the word. So, how about that internet, man? What's up? All the teacher sucks, but the internet rules, you know. So anyways, I got this cool tip. This is liquor store down the block. It's called Bouquet Plaza Liquor Store. And it sells alcohol to minors. 
Okay, I gotta go back to skipping class. With Connor working the school, I headed back to Bouquet Plaza, ready to receive our underage customers. And within minutes, they began to arrive. Did you read the sign outside? That's, did you, That's did real? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can go grab, grab something yourself some like. alcohol or something? <laughs> I mean, I guess so. <laughs> look what you got. Oh, I'm uh-huh. Look at that. 40 ounce. Oh, that's a huge buddy. <laughs> You're going to start awesome. heavy, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you own this now. Yeah, it's pretty tight. sweet. Uh, 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 <laughs> so close. You get a claim check, so you're allowed to come back and claim it when you're 21. Yeah, but I want it for right now. I don't want it two years later. With no refunds allowed, the miners had no other option but to fill out the claim check, allowing them to own alcohol without the consequences of consuming it. What you're doing is weak. That sucks. <laughs> it's cool and legal. Breaking the law is never cool. Seems like a waste of money to me. <laughs> My plan was working, and Nabil was now able to sell to a whole new type of customer. Why did why did I even just pay for this? Because you're allowed to own the alcohol. Okay, but I don't want to own the alcohol. I want the alcohol. Knowing that some teens wouldn't be satisfied leaving empty-handed, I had a corner of Nabil's store converted to look like a cool basement, so miners could take photos with their alcohol before it goes into storage that would help them brag to their friends. It felt great to make young people happy while teaching them about responsible drinking. So after closing up for the night, it broke my heart that I had to give Nabil some terrible news. I looked into it and it turns out that what we were doing was extremely illegal. And, you know, I got to look out for myself. I'm sorry. Good evening, sir. Are yes. you the owner of this business? Yes, sir. Hi. I'm afraid I'm going to have to place you under arrest. Why? What's going on, sir? Am I doing For doing good wrong? business. <laughs> You're not in trouble at all. I was joking. So really, it does work out. Yeah, it's not illegal. Okay. I mean, he's not a real cop. He's a, he's yeah, a stripper. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't matter. But you bring a stripper to a businessman, it doesn't really get good idea at all. Oh, you don't like it? Not at all. Like, well, it was it, a joke. You know, he thought he was a cop. You know. That's what I'm saying. Even if it's gonna be a joke, Nathan, to bring a businessman, bring him like a stripper, a guy stripper, it's not really gonna be the cool thing to have. All right. 